0: Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nelson gets there. Another good kick
4: from him
2: and here's Harper now. Going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well. Setting up,
3: shot. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hull and Back podcast. I'm Matthew Lill and tonight I'm joined by Ant Northgraves, William Young and Nathaniel. How are we all doing, guys? Are we all right? A of thumbs up. Adequate. Okay. We're all good, aren't we? We're all good. So, tonight's podcast is forever sponsored and partnered by our brother <coughs> um, partnerships which i'll start with as i mentioned on previous ones whole city retro for those that don't know who Whole City retro are they are a fan base that create the old the, the shirts of the past things that we, we could get our hands on when we were growing up and if you want authentic we're talking to pounds these replicas very very good replicas are only 50 pounds go. so get check them out on twitter they're very least to find it's whole city Retro. Second one is Hull Badge Man. Uh, Daryl does a cracking job in terms of making badges up. He's forever looking for new ideas. This is a bit of a dying art at the moment, so it'd be really good if local fans and people in the local area could just help out and buy a badge. Um, it, it, like I say, it's a dying art, and Daryl's a really good guy. And it's, I don't know about anybody else, but I grew up walking past a guy and nagging my dad for a badge every time. So um, if we can do that, that'd be brilliant. And lastly to, to touch on is Charlie Spaulding Filmmaker. Um, works a lot in the motorsport at the moment in terms of creating films and photography. And he's also worked with the likes of Adidas and Jackie Abbott. So um, I mention these names every time. It's because he's got an incredible portfolio at the moment. So check him out. He might even have a wedding. So um, get involved on it to check it out. So, what I'd like to start today's podcast on is the growing pressure on Grant McCann. It's evident for everyone to see. He's not doing the best at the moment, um, as results show. Um, his formula, it works perfectly. And I think one man who would love to share how much he loves this formula is the man behind Ant's ran himself. So, Ant, tell us all about the formula and everything you love about it, please. Everything I love about it. Sum it up in one word, yeah? Nothing.
2: Do you know what? I, I, I admire the, the way that he sticks to it for so long and is adamant that it works. Um... I just don't know. How someone can have the record that he has in this league and still be so positive about it. Like he's coming out of games, he's saying we're playing well, we're doing everything right. This secret formula, whatever he's on about, that uh, he, he pretty much claims that everyone can see what he's trying to do when he really can't. Like we're 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 struggling to to put the ball in the back of the net. We're struggling to defend set pieces. We're struggling to control the game from the middle. We're just we're struggling flat out. You know, if, if Derby didn't have the points uh, deduction this league, wasn't bands. they would just be marooned at the bottom. Um, and I think that his stubbornness and his, I don't know, is quite... Because he can't... I don't know if he's in some sort of world of his own, but he just can't see what everybody else can see. I don't know what his coaching staff are saying to him or what the players are saying to him, but what's weird at the moment is his system seems to be going against what the players say they like playing. So, you know, maybe there's a bit of a rift there starting to happen. Because um, if you remember, Bernard was saying that all the lads felt more comfortable in the three-five-two 5 2 that we played against Borough than they have in the 4 And as soon as he got a chance to go back to that system, he he, he took it with both hands. So, you know, it, it, it's got to be coming from the top. It has to be an Ehab um, demand across-
3: for some it comes across to me a bit like, has anybody seen Moneyball, the yes. film on Netflix? moneyballs is, um, I, correct me where I go wrong here, Will, but it's uh, an up-and-coming coach who comes into an American football team and he bases it completely on stats and a- analytics, isn't it? He doesn't go yeah, for the, the big-name science, he yeah. just goes for people that are doing the right things in the right areas for the, the position the pitch he's looking for. And it seems like he's just going off that. He's not looking at what the result is on the game, he's just looking at what people are doing individually which then also comes a little bit contradictory when you look at performance. some performances. Um, but for me, in my point of view, um, we're doing a lot of the stuff in terms of getting the ball to the final third. And, you know, sometimes we do look lost. We do look like we've got no idea what we're going to do with the ball. But sometimes we just get that ball in there and it's lacking that killer touch. And you, you can't blame the manager for the killer touch. But what you can blame him for is that Constant bad decisions he makes. So it's it's a bit of a tough one at the moment, and like Ant rightly said, his his first chance of going back to four three three. He took it. Um, and whether it's down to interest or not is is up for debate, really. In it, but it, it is that one. Anything to add on there, like Will or Nathaniel watch your views in terms of the growing pressure on him. I think we're all on the same boat. Um,
1: I think you might have been mentioning it, but don't fucking abuse his family.
3: No. No one is it?
1: There's a difference between critique and abuse and it's funny mm-hmm. seeing it because only a few days ago Steve Bruce obviously left Newcastle United and there were stories about obviously his mental health issues and all that and all the abuse he gets from them and you'd see a lot of City fans say it's disgraceful the way Newcastle fans are treating him and then there's I some Newcastle same.
3: Newcastle get relegated <laughs> I hope Newcastle I don't.
1: get relegated the exact words Aye um, but then you get the same fans who were defending Bruce over this abuse sometimes saying crap about McCann. And it's like, mm,
3: It's amazing what frustration can't... brings out people. I'm not condoning it, but it's amazing what it brings out people. When you, when you put your own time, effort, money and support in supporting something and you're not seeing those values reciprocated, it becomes a little bit difficult and frustration starts to kick in. So I understand it. Um, what is, what can't Condor condoned is, like you say, messaging his family. I mean, it's a 15-year-old guy just trying to enjoy social media like everybody else does, and he's having to take abuse for something his dad doesn't work. You know, like, I, I think I put a tweet out at the time saying, if I don't hit my sales target, my daughter's going to start getting a load of hate mail. What's, what's all that about? I mean, it's not, yeah. it's, not repl- it's not replicable in any way, and it's not on. So if you're doing it, just move yourself away from the club you're not welcome and I think I speak for all of the fan base when I say that you're not welcome no um, anything anyone else to add on to that
2: I mean I think I think you can see that the it's always a minority you're, you're going to get it with every club you're going to get it with every aspect of life you're always going to get trolls probably hiding behind um, fake profile pictures and fake profile names and <laughs> Saying what they want online because they can, you know. At the end of the day, social media needs to do more to um, stop that kind of thing happening. I mean, we've we've had it all in the at the front of the news in terms of um, racism and how they deal with, you know, players receiving abuse in the same kind of way. And I guess yeah. that, you know, that the the way that they deal with with trolls and making multiple accounts and just banning one and allowing them to make another, the kind of th- you know, how, how do you stop it, kind of thing, you know. But at the end, end idea, of the day, if, you're, if you are the kind of person that's messaging someone's kid for the job that is nothing to do with them, then, yeah, you, you're a special kind of wrong. And it's just, that I was saying, you don't, you don't want to be affiliated with those kind of people. So if it is you, then just, you know, pack it in. <laughs> and
3: we, we, we've got, that, got no we've got no culprits for this. We don't know who it was um, to be fair, I don't really want to know. What it is I just thought I have to come out in the limelight, like but they just know not to do it because it's not acceptable enough. As long as we can stop one extra person getting, you know, that abuse in their inbox, you know, it's job done it? Um, in it. in in aspects. but I mentioned this on the last podcast we were just on with Paul Woodford. Um, Twitter gives you a place where you can write whatever you want, and there's zero repercussion. You know, you can just frustrate out what you want, and it's not acceptable. As long as you can, you can be frustrated and get your point across without being insulting, and I think some people forget that. But we started the podcast on a, a bright note, as you can tell. <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to the next section now. So, so um, just move on to the next section. Um, I'd like to talk about the Luton game. It's yet again another poor result. We lose one 0 away from home against Luton, who many think on paper are not the best but they sit today in the, the championship playoff places and if the season finishes right now they're in the playoffs so you know um, credit where it's due to themselves but we again turn up and underperform does anyone want to talk to me about us being the 4-3-3 AFC
4: <sighs> no I don't really want to talk about it it's just well, the same as usual
1: it's just I just don't get why he refuses to even attempt to change. Like, when mm. you lose
4: it. What's the worst that could happen?
1: Yeah. You're already losing. Just try it. You never you've got to look
2: You've got to look at the possibilities of why he's doing what he's doing. So we've got, oh. one, he genuinely believes that the system is working and thinks it will click eventually.
4: Yeah. Which Possibly. is
2: likely. Two, it's orders from the top and he's got no choice but to do it, which is also quite likely. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think it be a little, a little from column A, a little from column B there. Yeah. Well, why would he have LLs...
2: like three that he thinks yeah. that that's the best what he can do with the players mm. that he's got?
4: Why could would he a, have... It's probably a combination of the three. Yeah, but why would he have want them to persevere with four three three if it's not working?
2: But it was it was the kind of me. thing, wasn't it, that they said before. They said that... Um, the what, yeah, the philosophy, it's in the club DNA yeah. now, it's 4-3-3, because we played it for a bit with Bonin to, and Grisicki. So, yeah. apparently, it's now that's like the, the, the youngsters get 4-3-3, that's yeah. kind of what they want the club to be doing and going forward with. So, mm-hmm. Even the if I'm saying system to Graham, look, you've got right. to play this way because this is the club's identity, then, you know, he's a yes man, isn't he, at the end of the day? Is he yeah. teaching
3: them this four three three Because we've got some players that have been playing it for three seasons now and still don't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> so, it's a bit of you
4: know, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would I mean, be a that's big a good
3: change. Point, actually,
4: because it's not just this season. It's you know, McCann's. He's been here longer than probably the average manager in the in the league. This so is fair
3: season, isn't
4: it? Yeah, we should really have a philosophy, and like you know, there's players like Elder and Honeyman and McGinnis who've been here, who are key players who've been there all three seasons. Do
0: you
2: know um, what is frustrating about it, though? Is the 4-3-3 last season and this season, we're playing the same formation, but we're playing a different way. Mm-hmm. So, to yeah. me, I think that's what, that's what annoys me more, is that last season we, were, we pressed high, we kept it on the ground, we um, got it into dangerous areas and we're decisive in the final third. This year, we're very static, there's not a lot of movement ahead of the ball, um, there's a lot of hitting it long. And there's a lot of dilly-dallying on the ball around the edge of the box. And it just seems like, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, it probably is. Because I think the, um, the QPR and the Derby games probably knocked the momentum out of them. We've just not recovered since. Yeah, it did. But, you know, you've got to think, I, I don't watch this team. And I'm, that team against Luton was pretty much the same side as last year with Bernard. And it didn't look like the same team as
3: last season to me. It didn't. Yeah. And I think
2: we didn't I think play right the same way, like we did the same true.
3: things. We're not playing the same way, we're not playing the same things. In terms of that, the depth of the team is is noticeable straight away. We're already camped up at halfway, inside our own half at all times, you know, as opposed to being close to the halfway line. Um, in terms of the press, it, we've never really been a pressing team, even last year, I don't think we were that big of a pressing team. But being as high as we was, it made it, made it difficult for teams to play through us. Um, as for going forward, we did do a lot of what we're doing at the moment, and that's just... Putting the putting the ball in the box as much as possible, and it was it, was, it seemed like the same sort of process of throwing up shit, some will stick, and that's how it came across last season. And um, it's not quite working out this year because the, the caliber of defender we're coming up against teams know how to defend better against this. You look at how slow we move the ball, so then when we get to that crossing position, they're already camped, they're already in there, they're already in the positions ready to win, win ahead. Of, you know, you're not getting that run of a centre back who's already seen your run coming, and. That's what we had last season because we we had the confidence and we was playing against I'd say West Caliber team to be able to move the ball a little bit faster and be able to get the ball in the box a bit quicker and, and I think that's where we should struggling at the moment with four three three and that we can't win with it. That's I think true. it's also worth realising that we're probably
2: underestimating the impacts that the transfer embargo had on us because I think <laughs> I saw some someone mentioned on a tweet that we made all these signings. And we still pretty much played the same side as last year, which means that yeah. he doesn't believe the signings that we've done are better than the ones that we had last season, which means yeah. that you know he's, he's signed mm-hmm. players that are squad players that are there to fill in if needs be and yeah. that we've not improved. And to stay in this mm-hmm. league, you've got to improve. And have we? But
0: we all I know, mean, the most even... successful
3: teams in the world, that with squad players, they play their part. You don't just yeah. them when someone's injured, have, you have to blame as first team players sometimes. And Liverpool's a problem, probably a prime example of that with the likes of James Milner. You know, he isn't a first team player, but he plays a lot of games and when he does he gets his job done. Um, and that for me is like a prime example when you've got that many centimeters like they have. But we sorry in the final I interrupted you then. Well
4: I mean like it's a slightly different thing, but you know, uh, a team wins the Premier League and they're in the same league the next season, but if just because you've won the league doesn't mean you stay the same you try and build the team again, don't you? And you sign better players. So, uh, you know, uh, although we did well last year and won the league, we had to, that that should be, um, you know, even more the case for us because we're going up a league as well. And, I mean, I I don't know whether we would have had the money to sign many good players if there wasn't the embargo. But, um, uh, you know, although League One, you know, is a decent league and we did well. And you'd hope that momentum would keep us going. You do need to improve it somehow. And uh, I guess after the Preston game, maybe we uh, just thought, oh, no, maybe this team is good enough. But then, of course, the last 13 games have shown that maybe we really did need some proper reinforcements.
3: I think when making a decision to design a player, I think there should be a really simple flowchart, and a lot of people should follow it, I guess. Um, You come down and you go, is this person good enough to get in the first team, yes or no? Yes, brilliant signing. No, okay, well, is he a youngster? Is he going to improve? Yes or no? And that's the two But you, you should never buy a player to get on the bench. You never bring a player on to just fill a gap on the bench. And that mindset for me just blows my mind. It's, it's-
2: no, no, I think, that's I think good in out. most cases, that's, that's the thing. But we did have a very thin squad and we did need replacements for players if they were injured. So I can understand a lot of the signings, whereas in like, you know, they're good enough to step in if... Honeyman was injured, for example, um, that kind of thing. But we signed, every single player we signed has been that. There, there was, there needs to be a mixture of, all right, they're a squad player, you know, he's on loan, he'll be happy to have a bit part every now and again. But there needed to be like two or three right there, going to improve our starting eleven, which I think Tyler Smith was meant to be, and he seems to have fallen out okay. of favour. Um, Monca, I think, um, is very Marmite with fans, which surprised me, I think, a lot. Yeah. See what he, he brings in the lot. I think he's oh, a I bit of a wasteful like pony from, from one much so.
4: recently, though.
3: No. And I think but I've not really been on the pitch much either. Mm. Only poor decision making for me is keeping Ryan Longman out of the team. And I'm, and I'm not even doing it to <sighs> run along with Nathaniel's ongoing joke, but. Yeah. but I like to look, look around our Williams. Yeah. I, think yeah, I think Randall Williams looked like a Randall traditional Williams winger. Mm.
2: Pacey, he's Pacey. He's got a good delivery on him. And he scored quite yeah. a few goals and he, did, he got a lot of assists. I know he's in League Two, but, he, you know, he still did it. Um, so when you've got someone like Wilkes, who's essentially a passenger at the minute, you're wondering why players like, well, they'll be wondering themselves why they're getting in the team. Yeah. Look at Emmanuel, was probably
3: going to be, if I was Emmanuel, I'd be looking for a new club in
2: January. We, we yeah, know what I mean?
4: He's too good what to win the bench, isn't he?
3: We've seen this 4-3-3 enough now to know how it works. We have inverted wingers. Our wingers play on the opposite side to what they strongest footed. So, playing Randall Williams and on the right-hand side totally contradicts his game plan because he looks for the likes of Malik Wilkes to come inside and then hit that overlap to Louis Corral to put it in. So, he's either got Malik Wilkes to take a short play ball into the centre of the box or he's got an overlap where he can play the right foot across. That's the mindset of the 4-3-3. However, if you play uh, Randall Williams there, you totally take away take that away because what game was it What we watched and I think it might have been Derby. Where Randall Williams just didn't have a left foot at all. The mm. amount of times he cut his yeah. head. It was an earlier game because he's not played much. And I don't get why he yeah. hasn't. I think it was Derby. It might I be Darby, was Darby. Yeah, um, it Derby. Yeah. It was completely off the pace. And, you know, that, that might be down to fitness. But he didn't want to use his left foot at all, which totally contradicts the Grant McCann game plan. that Rams. Um, but that that's that's the only reason I can see him not being in the team. But then. Put him on right, put him on right. But you and see, that's, that, that, that to me sense. is another criticism on him and his system because if you're going to play yeah. the
2: four foot three, then at least have variation in your play. If, if you're playing KLP and Wilkes and they're inside forwards essentially, then fullbacks know what they're going to do every single time. He's going to cut in on his stronger foot, he's going to try and shoot. So they're going to try and shift him down onto his weaker foot to the bylines, lines, putting a crack cross. And that's what we've been doing. So when we're getting in a game where we can't seem to get that inside forward to wear, then either switch the sides or bring on a couple of players that are on the natural side and can just whip in a few crosses a bit better, get to the byline, have the fullback guessing. Because I think that's the thing that the City fans have. The biggest issue with McCann at the minute is, we play, all right, we play the four-three-three every game, but at least have different ways of using that formation, different ways of trying to score goals. And we don't do that. We just keep doing the same thing for 90 minutes. And then wondering why we're not scoring goals. We scored nine goals this season. Like, already. it's, mm. it's, it's it really bad. So, uh, you know, if, if, if you could see him trying to change it up a bit, he might still have a little bit of faith. But because we know what he's going to do for 90 minutes every single game, nobody can be bothered because you know you dread seeing the team sheet at the minute because it's just the same. Yeah. We're mm. going to see the same players. We're going to play the same way and we're going to get the same result. And you can predict, like Nathaniel said, you can copy and paste a match report from one game stick it on the next one and just change the name of the opposition and it's the exact same. Every mm-hmm. single time we have about 10 minutes where we should score, we don't concede a set-piece, game's gone, we concede another near the end and that's it.
3: That's what it's, all, yeah. it's, what it's been all season. And uh, what we're looking then in, in terms of Luton, Luton especially, we, we lose 1-0 and I'm struggling to see any clear-cut opportunities from them again. Um, a lot of people online are putting it down to Coyle, blaming Coyle for the goal in terms of them. He does not meet his his man. his let a uh, right-footed left-back uh, go on his right foot and cross the ball. Um, I can understand the thought process with that, in terms of he should be getting out to him. But again, we, we can't allow goals when we're only conceding so so many little opportunities. You know, and there was it, it's tough to watch. You know, it really is. And um, did anybody walk away with any grace on Sada? Any players?
4: The players who didn't play, maybe.
3: <laughs> Anyone? Uh, uh,
1: I don't think England did that wrong. I saw I someone give Ingram
3: man of the match, and I thought he's well, probably made two saves. And is that mm. what it's coming down to now? I can understand it when game players get. Do you post, know
1: what? Didn't. People were taking the mick out of Benzi for saying it, but Smallwood probably was City's man of the
2: match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Docket is game
3: against Peterborough as well.
2: Docky's.
4: That's is worrying. Docky mm-hmm. seems
2: to be the only one who seems to be yeah. trying to up his levels at the minute, which is I mean,
1: concerning. Yeah, it, in, his interview as well during midweek after the Peterborough game was very good to hear as well.
2: Yeah, it was. Because I I, I I think I tweeted out, I, I believed every single word he said more than any other interview I've ever had of his entire tenure. And, and you and could I
3: see think, that uh, he was in A lot of fans seem to like, struggle to concept when someone who they've seen play bad before have a good game. And I think Richie Smallwood falls into that concept. Um, we've seen it many times before, even last season, where he had bad games. And he's coming to this season where people are like, oh, Richie Smallwood. shit. it's shit. Um, I thought he, well, he definitely had a real good game against Brent, um, not Brentford, um, Preston. Um, I don't know if Preston. Uh, had a great game against Preston. Peter Bray, he comes on cold off the bench, no warm-up, and he gets straight in there. And I think the first thing he does is sets a pass to stop them going on the counter. And he does that for the rest of the game. Granted, I understand the mindset of when you look in comparison against um, Huddleston, his passing mm-hmm. isn't going to look as good. Um, but he made some really good... Again, on Saturday, he made some really good passes and broke down some really good play. And these last two um, performances are, are be good
2: Smallwood's small one of these who, at this level, will get found out more often than not. Um, I do think that he's intended to be starting every game. Obviously, we would have had Huddleston playing. And I do think that when Jones is back fit and we're playing this 4-3-3, to have Bernard and Greaves as centre back and then put Jones back in that anchoring midfield role would be the best way forward. But Smallwood's just he knows what he's doing and he's good at it. It just won't be like that every game. Like sometimes yeah. they'll be, 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 be um a bit behind the pace. Um it, it, you know, he's not he's not as quick to um get into the ball and gets you know, he leaves the defenders isolated sometimes and but some games, like you say, against Preston, for example, and the last couple of games, he's, he's, he's done okay. So it, it, he's not,
3: he's up for a lot of criticism because he's easy to criticise, is, is the easiest way to put it. You know, but... it's an unconscious bias, in not and We've seen him play shit, and all we look for is he's doing shit yeah. stuff now. That's exactly how it works, and that's exactly what's happening with him. Um, some that can look above it. I was saying to Will, the way I look at a game, I look at it as a neutral. I'm a whole city supporter, but I look at it as a, as a, as a neutral because then I feel like I give the best. My, I can look at the best the, the game fairly. Um, it allows me to, I think, analyse it a little bit better because there's no um, bias involved or I'm not looking for reasons to say Hull city shit just because Grant's in charge or we're playing better because we are Hull city. You know, I'd like to think I look at it from a neutral point of view. But did anybody spot this at the weekend? So we call him Mr Stubborn. He's the most stubborn manager we've ever had. He listened to us. Did anybody see it? No, 63rd minute, I think it was.
2: <laughs> all right, so, well, so, oh, I thought well,
4: I knew, Man, I knew um, you'd all be happy about that. Yeah,
3: I was so excited. Um, I was just a little bit gutted. It wasn't my long one going on, so <laughs> <laughs> and that was the minute, the minute for you you all, Daniel. You're but, studying my thing. <laughs> no, I don't know, like i to talk about the big D, but we'll we'll move on and you know that. Mindset in terms of how we're talking about and how it gets us down talking about all the, in the, in the in our previous performances. I've brought something a little bit different to the table, and <laughs> um I want us to play a new game. I thought of it today. It could be a could be a hit, it could be a miss, it could be a flop. I don't really, I don't really care, but it's called tackle fight night. So we've all played the game before. Um the tourist has seen on Gavin and Stacey, Shag Mario Well, this is oh, yeah, tackle yeah. fight night. Okay, so I'm getting three players. I don't want you to separate them into tackle, so you've got to take a bone-crunching two-footer yeah. off this player. Okay? The second one, it's a fight. You've got to fight this guy, all right? Yeah. And the third one, you're going to go on the pitch. You're going on an night out with them.
2: Um.
4: Who wants
3: to go first? Hmm. I'll go first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Does um, it have to be in I'll, a specific I'll... order?
3: Yeah, No. Um, yeah, so I'll give you the three names, and you just got to tell me which ones you want. So the three names for you, and I'll go with Dean Windas, Jimmy Bullard, and Marlon King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's incredibly easy.
2: Oh, I think I definitely want to... I uh, fight Bullard, because he seems quite, from what I've seen of him on pitch, the pitch, quite versions. a coward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely a bit of a coward. Um the tackle from either of the other two though. Um, I'd have to take a tackle from King just because I need the night out with Dino I think. Happy the night out I, with Dino. I mean, Marlon team. King is definitely putting me on crutches for about six months but yeah, yeah. you're getting a lump on your head makes he's going to nut you
3: in the kitchen yeah. afterwards. And he's, he's probably getting easy, another prison sentence. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we've gone for a bone crutching tackle from Marlon King. Um, a fight with the, the very cowardly Jimmy Bullard. Fuck, you not see this. Um, actually, I don't mind. I don't, I don't and, give a shit. <laughs> and then a night out with Paul's famous Dean Winda So if you're listening, to Dean, Aunt Fancy's night out, mate. Um, <laughs> who wants it? Who wants it next? You go, will. Happy,
1: <laughs> I
4: volunteered. Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, uh, a little bit different for yourself. So it'll be Malik Wilkes Dean Marnie. And Fraser Campbell
4: when he refused to come back the
1: first time. Ooh. I'll tackle a tackle from Wilk because he's fucking powder puff on a tackle.
3: Um, he <laughs> wrestle you, wouldn't he? just be wrestling you.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel if I fought Marnie, I'd get the shit kicked out on me. <laughs> <laughs> so probably going to piss with Marnie
2: and fight Campbell. <laughs> How do you, you yeah. How do you reckon you get on with that? I'd probably lose regardless, but
4: well Campbell's short, right?
2: Campbell seems quite streetwise to me though, he'd be a dirty mm, fighter. Yeah. That's
3: yeah. True. And you definitely don't want the two foot off man either, yeah. Let's be realistic. No, you don't a street Manny fight. You'd never walk I again. Want... I mean, judging by the boys, you don't know what fight you're gonna end up with Malik Wilks, do yeah. you? <laughs>
2: that? That's
4: true. Yeah. Willis is quite strong.
2: I think he was quite wise in not fighting Wilkes because he is quite mm. he's quite yeah. stocky, he just doesn't use it very often.
3: So the final that leaves you with um, the crowd favourites. So you've got David Myler, Ian Ashby, and Paul
4: McShane. Oh. Well, I'm not going to fight. Well, no, I'd have to go... you literally
1: said my three oh. favourite players. <laughs>
4: right, OK. Well, I mean, I think Myler, he seems quite nice, right? He's got the YouTube channel and he's always smiling and stuff. So, I mean, maybe... Oh, this is difficult. I don't want to get tackled I by any,
1: tackle of
4: from any of them. <laughs> I, I definitely don't want to tackle from Ashby because I'd die. Um, <laughs> and then, so and then McShane uh, You'd hmm, die. I'd take a tackle from Myla. I'd take a tackle from Myla. I think that's bad, but not as bad as the others. And I'd go I'd go drinking with uh, McShane, I think. you
1: uh, fight with Ashby. Oh, yeah,
4: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. See, all of these options are terrible, but like, um, I don't I wasn't like around. or I wasn't following City when Ashby was there, so I wouldn't want to go drinking with him. Although then, oh, yeah, then I'd get, want
1: to, fight with then I'd get
4: to then I'd get Is to then Paul... McSh- uh, I'd, I'd get to know uh, Ashby on a night out then, and I'll fight Paul McShane. I mean,
3: I'll Ashby just looks like he's taking his son out for the night. I won't be
4: really <laughs> <laughs> on, yeah, so. Maybe. so to
3: I that, think one, you lose regardless good. in that one.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm weedy like, you know, physically <laughs> and, like, mentally, you know. I, 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 d- they just beat me in a fight by turning up.
3: Brilliant. <laughs> so, to confirm that one, then, so you've taken a two-footer off Myler, um mm. you're going to have a one-to-one with them, Shane, and to celebrate yeah. your loss, you're going to go out with being on the pitch, yeah?
4: Yeah, that's that's that, that's a good night out, that yeah.
3: <laughs> Any, anyone want to throw free three players, Milo? Arsenal City mm-hmm. players.
1: Get her a fatty El Mohamed
3: <laughs> you, know, uh, you, know. you want me to do them for me? Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, yeah. Realistically I um, don't know much about Guido or Fatty I, I presume they don't speak much English So I'd have to go on the night out with Elmo. Um mm. Fatty won that big So I reckon I might be able to take him actually so, mm. um, it looked like a fucking psychopath. T- <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it's all right. Um, no, it's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fight fatty and then um, I'll take the two footer, Guido. Yeah, two Tackle off a striker's I mean.
4: not going to be that bad, is it?
3: No, nah. or, or it it'll could it'll be, be worse.
4: Like, no. Maybe wild, yeah.
3: But then I got a fight. I go on a night out with um, Elmo after battering fatty, and then Elmo puts it on yeah.
4: me as well. So you, you'd want to do that so, anyway, so- wouldn't you? <laughs> Elmo's a character. So that'll be good.
3: Right then. So uh, what do you think that boy is doing? Oh, marvellous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. For this next section, I think you, you learned from the last episode that I do like to um, paint a picture and Try and run away with a little bit of a, a mindset. So, I've just just received a phone call. Um, Grant's finally been shown the door. Our work in recruitment, they've ad- advised me, uh, they've asked me to um find a replacement. So, I'm going to point to you guys because I don't know who's available at the moment. And um, who, who would you say, um, who would you say I have to approach in terms of getting him in for the whole thing? Does it. Does it-
2: is there is there we any did. restrictions? Does it have to we be, be realistic? We have to be realistic. Re- have to Re- be a football Re- manager. That's not fun. Um, I don't know if Wilder is realistic. I would like to see him because I like the system. He played with Sheffield United with three at the back. I think he'd get the best out of um, Elder and Emmanuel if he was here. I don't mm. know if he would take this job, so I'll go I with I think he
1: might be going to Cardiff. Mm,
2: so I think mm. I'd go with... Um... Do you know what? I wouldn't mind Chris Hewitt, to be fair. He had a bad, bad rap at Forest, but he's done well everywhere else.
3: Um, Some people just don't land at a certain job, do they? They just don't land no. well
2: at. Um, And he's, he's he's got a good bit of championship experience yeah. behind him. He's probably he's
4: got too much few. respect to come here, though. Probably.
2: Yeah, and but I think any, realistically, I think see? we're probably after the likes of Alex Neal, personally.
4: Yeah.
3: Did anybody see that clip from um, Ben Foster's podcast recently? On his podcast, he talked about um, the mindset of footballers on. on with transfers in mind especially. Mm. Um, it touches on the fact that players can be one day live in the perfect world. You know, they've, they've got the house set up, they live in a nice area, the children you go to a certain school. There's all these different factors that go into And So they get a phone call, it's transfer deadline day. And in the space of one day, their world turns upside down. You know, they've got to try and convince a partner that they need to move to a different part of the different part of the country. If they do move there, does a partner come with them? If they do, they've got to get the kids in school. I a Lenovo, um, hotel for a certain time. And the way that blends into this part is, you see, we often see managers lose the job a lot more often we see players get transferred. Um, mm. And those jobs can be two and far between. So you might see a manager, and this, like, I thought of it with Chris Hewitt in terms of, you know, it, was only, it was at Brighton not so long ago. And then he's at Nottingham Forest. Now, that's a big sort of move to do for, for a, a manager and a person who's not on the same sort of money as a footballer. So yeah. I think a lot of that needs to go into the mindset, of, mm. not mindset, Especially in like the thought processes. Yeah, when, when you think about um, why people underperform, like managers underperform certain places, it's like, his setup might, and his support network, might be mildly, you know, and, and mm. they're, they're the sort of things to take into consideration with management and why people underperforming. So, just to, so Ant's mentioned it, Alex, Neil, is it Neil?
4: Yeah. Neil, As I, the realistic
3: I, target, yeah.
2: I think yeah. that's
4: quite realistic, really.
3: Yeah. Uh, is that your probably, answer?
4: As well? Yeah, I mean, probably I would have taken Neil uh, rather than McCann when we got McCann. I mean, you have to look at that because um, you know maybe we're only looking at managers who would be from League One um, because Neil is a Championship experience manager. He's been you know promoted from from the Championship to the Premier League. And I know that was a few years ago, so. Um it's difficult to tell what's realistic sometimes. because, um, as you say, you know, it might be a different circumstance that we might think, oh, no manager wants to come to hull, but maybe they actually live close by or they want a challenge or, or something. Uh so it's difficult to tell what's realistic. But um I think Alex Neil would be you know, it's slightly optimistic but also not completely out of, you know, out of the realms yeah. of possibilities. No, I get that. I
3: get that. What
1: about you, Will? See, I'm not sure because um, mm. I don't know who would want to come at the moment oh,
0: yeah. at
1: all. Um, uh, I was looking early today while while I was at work at like managers who are currently free agents.
4: Mm. I was
1: really doing it to wind up my uh, Man United um, wait mate, but. Um, it wouldn't happen, but I did notice that Eddie Howe's currently a free
4: agent. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't gone anywhere in a while, because he got he wanted him a, like...
2: He wanted a break from football, didn't he, for at least a year. He took like a sabbatical.
4: I think yeah. he's waiting
2: for the Leeds job personally.
4: Yeah, possibly, yeah.
3: Went all their sharing on us, did he? Just disappeared.
4: <laughs>
3: so, is we that, that uh, going with Eddie Howe? Or?
1: That's the one I've, That's the most... That's the closest to being unrealistic I think is
2: possible. I hey think Farker that's... will be out of a job soon.
4: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: we we'll definitely play yeah. attacking football under him. I think he I know he but he's got
4: a similar record to McCann at the moment, hasn't he? Just in the yeah, the Premier League, I think Premier league, league, Premier league,
2: i
3: would be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Would he be happy working on a shoestring budget again? Because that's always ever worked off. he might think he deserves a chance to go somewhere he can spend,
4: spend a bit of money. Me. Money.
3: I
2: don't yeah. think realistically, Farka or any ex-Premier League manager yeah. like recently yeah. would want from it. Not
0: but really. I don't.
2: I don't buy into the um, "who would want to come here" kind of thing that I've seen on uh, Facebook and Twitter lately. If there's yeah. an unemployed manager who's been unemployed for a while, and there's money involved, and they're yeah. usually yeah. a Championship level manager, or they've got a bit of us, ass- or you know, they're looking at yeah. this thinking, "Oh, that'd be quite a challenge, actually."
4: Yeah, they might be more interested. Yeah,
2: there's well, always. Let's good, um,
3: yeah, let's look at Tom Wilson, for instance. Um, when the right opportunity comes up to you, don't you? Um, for me I'm going to hate this but my I, I had a connection with the guy but it's uh, for me it's unrealistic I'd love Nigel naja Adkins by me but I know how much I hates. Ant leaves the room might drop um, I had a big connection I, I love the guy me, but he should never have um, gone realistically I think It'd if Grant was to lose his job I think if Cramp mm. was to lose his job I think realistically we'd see a just a chain reaction in terms of people being pulled up so it could be a case of Cliff Burn steps into the role alternatively we might see Andy Dawson coming what, in then someone coming in on that, what
4: would be the point of that Cliff Burn? I'd just give up because it'd be exactly the same formation exactly Because and they're so close um, we had a
3: similar thing with Mike feeling didn't yeah. we when Bruce left
4: yeah, um, yeah Mike, I suppose Mike, Mike,
3: Mark Hughes is available
4: yeah. Hughes, so McCarthy,
3: Mark Hughes we're not talking about him either
1: yeah, <laughs> mm. I'm just trying to do the most.
4: I mean, would we want to take a a chance on a manager from a, a bit like McCann, who maybe is inexperienced, but like McCann was supposed to be, especially for the first few months, he was this new manager with new ideas, uh, you know, young and uh, kind of vibrant in a way. Um, I what I what at the Sorry,
3: the at Watford, Ziska, mate.
4: Yeah, well, Is yeah,
3: well, it Watford. Um, who's the user that was at Lincoln? He got them promoted twice. Well, Cowley, yeah, that'd yeah, be a great appointment,
4: it. I think. Yeah,
3: I was a bit no, pissed up on the weekend. Bro. Um, I was bit pissed up on the weekend, and I was talking about bringing them to Lancing from the Salford documentary just to put a bit of a uh, fight into it. But, um, yeah. I then woke up the next day, sobered up, and regretted my tweet. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's a choice of drinking. So we've all agreed that um, Grant won't go, but in a dream world, we'd all like to bring a manager in. Is
2: that just not right? Adkins. Steve Bruce. <laughs> no. No. Brucey, never. <laughs> Brucey and Adkins would never come back whilst the Alams are still here. Yeah, it's funny because like, when, yeah.
1: when I think of names, I'd love to see all of them are people who would never come back. Like, I'd love to see Bambi back.
2: Mm-hmm. Can I also put forward you? why I wouldn't want Adkins? Just... just, oh. just only because you compare Adkins and McCann in the championship with Bowen and Grosicki at the same time, McCann actually did better and had us flattened with the playoffs with arguably a weaker squad because, you know, he didn't have Henriksen or players like that. Um, McCann only fell off the cliff when we lost them too, which is fair. Adkins dropped a league and went to one of the pre-season promotion favourites in Charlton. Nearly got them up last season, but they kind of just sort of lingered where they were when they hired him anyway. And then this season, they were favourites to go up and they're in the bottom three.
3: And he's got a worse record than McCann. So so I'm, go- I'm going to use your mindset on that and suggest that, provided we've still got these players and these plays don't leave and how well they did up until those players left, we should be in the Premier League now? And it's all down to Bowen and Grusicki.
2: You see, the thing is, is
3: we'd we never know where we finished up with...
2: If we'd have kept Boney Grisicky for the end of McCann's first season, well, we don't know where we'd have been. We, to we start do. started. To the fall... before the when. Yeah, the, we we lost yeah. a couple beforehand, but it wasn't in a concerning fashion. Like we lost one nil is... to
3: Fulham, and and you know it. Won't, it was what we saw. Post. The comparisons that were posted about months or so ago, the comparison showed it up until the first of January. It didn't show it until the end of January when we actually lost them. We lost them on the twenty sixth and the 30th of January. So it didn't show the five games in between that where they played really poor. And didn't give any contribution towards the game either. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's besides the point. Me and you could probably talk for days about this aren't, and, to, yeah. and it's just one of the things that we disagree on. Um, putting that aside and moving on, I want to move on to previewing the commentary game. Um, big, 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 big game. Um, they are fourth at the moment in the league and that's on merit, let's we've really seen them play. They really attacking, they like to get forward, they're fast breaking, they move the ball fast, and they like to attack. You know, they scored 20 goals in the league this season, I think it is already. Um and you don't do that without being good at what you do. I mean they have got one guy who scored about nine, aren't they, in this that fella He's got in, the same uh, number that we have as a whole. Yeah, it's good have been. Um, <laughs> if only. Uh, if only. Um but there's a couple of things I want to to look at from the from the from, from like the league and stuff. They've only conceded three less than us and they're fourth in the league. Bit of a mad, mad stat, that. Don't
2: you think? I don't think we've actually been that bad at conceding, though. We've, we haven't been absolutely battered, have we? We concede like two. We've conceded three a couple of times, but we don't usually tend to concede more than two. It's just the fact that we can't score. Like, if we'd have scored the amount of goals that we should have done, Given the chances we've had, it'd probably be very similar.
3: So, has anybody seen the, the league tables? I like to look at league tables in terms of where, where, like the home league table and then the away league table. So, in the home league table, we currently sit twenty first, and oh. in the away league table, league table table, um, commentary sit twentieth. Yeah, would you have thought that?
4: Well, they're still better in the then fourth, in really? that in that regard.
3: Um, in fact, we've both got five points in, the, in our respective leagues and we've got a minus five goal difference and they've got a minus eight.
4: So, oh, so maybe we're yeah. favourites based on that.
3: Yes. Well, they had that yeah.
1: game, didn't they? They lost 5-0 to Luton, didn't they? And well, we didn't lose 5-0 beans. to Luton. Yeah, but we also drew nil nil with Bournemouth.
3: And look where we are. Mm. Yeah. Bournemouth have failed to go against two teams this season. Do you know who they are?
4: One of them, uh, Bounds Lee and us? No. No. It was us and someone. Uh, uh,
3: Peterborough. I saw the, yeah, I saw the Red Cherry oh, something right. about um, being unbeaten. I was like, well, there's only two teams you haven't scored against and it's just us Peterborough.
4: That's typical, isn't it? No, well,
3: no, I'd rather be. Yeah. yeah. You smoke in a little wins in like man. You get a mezzanine, way you can. All right, and that's the whole. We can't against us, have you?
2: I've tried.
3: So. I can't. <laughs> so, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask this then. So, in terms of lineups, I'm not going to paint the scene on this one, the panel, so you say, um, what are we going for in terms of changes? I'll start with you, Will.
1: None. Is this make. <laughs> I, I think he'll... Oh, are, we, are we giving our run or are we giving what we think Grant will give? Because I think he'll make no changes.
2: I was going to say, can we do a? Should we do a one that we'd like to see, and one that he will probably do?
4: Well, the one he'll <laughs> yeah, probably just, do, it's just exactly the same, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, and what I'd like to see is 3-5-2, as
3: I say every single yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. So, for the purpose of the podcast, if you could give me an answer, will
1: um, 10%. <laughs> <laughs> okay then? Ingram and goal back free of, um. Big dish. Big Dish. Jones is still injured, and uh, so McLaughlin and uh, Greaves. Who's Wing middle, backs of. of free?
3: What? Who's middle of the three?
1: Probably, probably McLaughlin.
2: McLaughlin, because he, he he were advance up the pitch as much as yeah. Bernard and Greaves. You want your progressive exactly. centre back to be the outside ones, mm. ideally. Um,
1: Wing backs of Emmanuel and feel I don't know I should have Elder or would I play K- Keeling with Potter? I left wing back again because he was so good against Bora. Mm. It's a tough one that. Um, but midfield, the midfield would be um Doherty, um, Honeyman and probably Moncare. Mm.
4: It's very attacking, I maybe, I maybe Cannon,
1: Con- Cannon or Moncare. Mm. Um, up front, uh, actually, I'd, I'd have Elder at left wing back and I've killed up front with McGuinness.
4: Yeah, it could work
1: if Tyler Smith disappeared off the face of the earth, anyway.
2: Both the Smiths have, mm. yeah, I feel
3: I feel bad for Matt. Mm. Did you see what Grant said in the paper about him uh, coming back? Well, from yeah, Wales? he said he was concerned about his numbers
2: because he'd been playing loads for Wales, but isn't that what a young lad's meant to be doing?
3: No, he, didn't I mean, play exactly.
2: he didn't play so, uh, so did he? he's inadvertently then had just admitted that Matt Smith is
3: probably our most sharpest player
2: <laughs> and he's not playing <laughs> yeah.
3: no, no, what he meant is because he didn't play anyone training so he came back unfit with what he said
2: oh.
3: yeah so he played not play a gig his... ball for him but didn't train well, that was like three games ago now yeah so how long yeah. does it take to get back up to finish do you know what I mean um, but you've had playing for him anyway so you weren't exactly playing him yourself Grant anyway hmm. digress so, you're finishing off up top? Who's there? KLP and McGuinness. KLP and McGuinness. No, no scream to reach to come back. Oh, no, impacts up off the bench, Eves.
4: Mm. <laughs> yeah.
3: Right uh, I'll go to you next, Nathaniel.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We could go 3 5 <laughs> 2 again. Uh, might as well. I mean, yeah, basically the same, except I'd have the midfield of um and have Lewis Potter left-wing pack, because I think that worked so well against Middlesbrough. Um, and that's maybe the only part of the 3-5-2 I thought worked, but, you know, and the result. So um, it's more kind of aesthetic than anything. But uh, And then midfield three, Cannon, like slightly deeper, then Honeymoon Doherty. And up front, uh, not Emmanuel, I'd have Coyle, because his crosses have been really good the last few games. I and mean, then, yeah, McGuinness, because I know he missed a penalty, but he did score two games ago. He's the last player to score for us, and so you got to keep him. And then, um, I mean, I can't say Wilk's we'll sort going of to get shouted at, and Lewis Potter's left wing <laughs> back. I mean, I don't want to play Eves there, and Smith's injured maybe, because otherwise he'd surely be on the bench. I mean, Longman played there. Let's just chuck Longman in. Why not? Yes. i gotta, I got to stick with my... um. I stick with my guns and my, uh, you know, uh, joke. So, um, Longman, why, why not? You know, nothing else is working.
3: Um,
2: um, I'd like to see the three-five-two. obviously. I'd put Ingram Ingram in goal. I don't know why I called it Ingram. Ingram in goal. <laughs> yeah, <that>. um, <laughs> Emmanuel in right wing back. I'd have Coyle as the right-hand uh, defender in the back three. I'd have Coyle there, uh, Bernard and Greaves, and then I'd have Elder and left wing back. I'd have uh, Cannon, Doherty and Honeyman as a midfield three. And then I would have Eves and KLP up top. Mm -hmm. Because I think Eves has looked far better this season as part of a two up front. And even when he came on against Peterborough, he hit the bar and he looked dangerous again. Um, I just think him with KLP running off alongside him would be quite dangerous. I know him again is scored, but I just think his confidence is, will be short after that penalty and then us going on to lose.
0: Mm-hmm. You want a bit of
2: energy and drive in there and I think Eves will have that.
3: So, I'm going to go for something we haven't said before. I'm going to go for a 4-2-4. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly to get high at the pitch and press. So, I'm going to start with Ingram in goal. And Ingram. <laughs> Big D and JG at the back with... I'm making it up now. Uh, Emmanuel on the right. Elder on the left. Two central would probably be Doherty and Cannon um, for the energy. They're probably going to need it in there. Um, wide right and left, I'm going to go with Longman one side and Randall Williams on the back. Completely switch the system up. And up front what? with um, McGinnis and KLP.
2: Oh, yeah, like they dropped in that team.
4: Yeah. No honeymoon, then.
2: But you would need the wingers. It'd essentially be a 4-4-2 because you'd need the wingers yeah. to support the fullbacks. A, they'd, they'd oh, that. So they will have to come back. You're trusting our back four as they are. Yeah. It's it's get the Dangerous. Dangerous. Well, that I think, I think that'll be our first talking. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: We're sitting on the halfway line. We're going four-two-four,
3: and they're
0: not
3: making it past the halfway line. we will we're playing that. We was only half a pitch to play in it, and they're not coming into I our. I think we'll look a bit That's like Man United just did. Like <laughs> <laughs> we did say an unrealistic one, didn't we? Well, we'll let you have that game. <laughs> <think one>. yeah. <laughs> Anything other <laughs> than 4 three, 3
4: is
1: unrealistic. Oh,
4: yeah. yeah. every single so, one I
1: said was unrealistic. If he, if he did stick with four three three, I think you mentioned it before, Matt, playing Coyle and Emmanuel on the right side. Yeah. I laughed after it that. never that. happened. That's it. Never if would are playing 4-3-3, I'd love to see that. I know it would never happen, but...
4: But it'd at be least interesting, wouldn't it?
1: At least, we'd have, at least Coyle would have some defensive cover.
4: Yeah. And so would Emmanuel.
1: Yeah, because you'd have them swap constantly.
4: Yeah. overlap. That's what I used to do in Sunday League.
1: <laughs> that's not helping. <laughs> oh,
4: yeah, that's what we used to do, though. We used to play, like, three left wing-backs on the same pitch, and we just go all over the shop just wherever we were needed that's what we used to do
1: maybe that's what City um, needs proper fucking yeah, ridiculous it didn't It didn't work we lost
4: enough. 15-0 every week
3: yeah so let's I'm, not do that then I'll cheer on I'm
4: not i uh, not a big right. fan <laughs> of
3: that moving on from that um, commentary currently on their worst run <laughs> of the season um, having only won two points in the last possible nine it's not that bad of a run to be honest um, but it's a <laughs> worst run so um, there's a little bit of positive going to it. Does anybody know who the ex whole City player is who plays for commentary? Um,
0: hmm,
4: think no, I'm just going to go on my phone and have a look. Oh, 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 oh.
3: Is it Waghorn. Wag no. Did Waghorn wag come to all for a bit? I'm sure. It... Yeah. yeah, it was on, brother. or well, two then. Um, He's there, yeah. <laughs>
4: Cain, oh, is that 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 Kane. Yeah. Kane plays for him? Oh, yeah, Todd Kane,
3: of course, yeah. And the most notable player who, you, who was managed by Grant McCann is Ben Chief, Ben uh, Maxi Grubber, mm-hmm. isn't it? is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he was managed by him. Um, he's there as well. They score an average of 1.5 goals a game, and we score an average around 0. 0.65 a game. So it's something yeah, for That's actually However, higher I'll than
0: Foughton. Go- well. Our
3: yeah, goal difference, <laughs> actually
2: higher our than the difference
3: at home... Our goal difference at home is better than their goal difference away. So that's another positive to look at. What nice, I did look at yeah. though, um, I want to finish this on a bit of a nostalgic note, was some stats in terms of when we when we last played. Does anyone know how far back we have to go to the last time we played them?
2: Um one it, when we had um, don't mention any
3: players. Don't mention any players.
2: Pete, was it the Peter Taylor season?
3: No, I seem well, to remember it's going it's to
2: Coventry yeah. away and watching Nick Barnby score a header in one one.
3: Oh, no. I don't know I if that was, was the last time I played I think it was under Pearson. Mm, oh, I think it's the end of that season.
1: Are we under Pearson so thousand.
3: I'm sure it's Barnby era. Um, hmm. Last time I played him was 2012. I may be wrong there. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'd say 2012, but I think it was Barnby. I think we're
4: the same league then, yeah.
3: In the last 10 games, we've won four, lost four, and drawn two um, out of the last 10. The last game we played against him was a 2 was loss at home. So, that's
4: not a good stat. Do a win, then. And
0: does <laughs> anybody
3: know who was the first? Now you know the year, the last time we played him, and the scoreline. Does any, can anybody remember who the first goal scorer was for them?
2: There? Yeah. I can't remember who played for Coventry. There's I can barely remember who played for us The that you ever see it it connection? Liam Cooper
3: on goal. Oh. <laughs> um, was, how, how
4: are we me. ever going to get that?
3: <laughs> but, you know, you might remember. Um but anyway, it's interesting to know isn't it And that it's um, some hey, the final stop this. This is stuff for people to talk about on the way to the game. Um play <laughs> great. these leaning cooperative no goals in the Premier League, not believe their captain, you know. the a conversation star. But what I am gonna do is I wrote down the lineup and the subs from that day, and you'll be interested to know some of these names as to where they were no, then right. and where they are now. All right, so starting goal. We had Vito Monone. I'm not oh, sure where he hmm. is now, but um Vito Monone, anybody remembers him?
4: He went yeah,
3: to at uh, right back. His is at his is from all. Liam yeah, yeah. Center Left back was probably arguably one of the most iconic players of my time supporting City. Um, Andy Dawson. Yep. Yeah. Centre backs, anybody want to guess him? Well, Liam Cooper's one of one. them. Yeah. Chester hmm. and Hobbs. No, there's only two of them. We only played two at the back with them. Hmm. McShane. No. Oh, Hobbs, yeah, someone mentioned Hobbs. Yeah, it was Hobbs. But something she said too. I didn't say. I didn't say yes because she Um <laughs> On on the right wing,
2: Cameron Stewart
3: oh, boy, um, went on to him. have a really good season in the
2: van Vanarama North. I think it was. So, it, um, he had a he had well, a good seven <laughs> games for us, and then Pearson up bid for him from Leicester, and we told him to naff off, and then he 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 just well, won vanished. It a million or yeah, it was a million <laughs> quid, and then uh, Nigel Pearson was quoted, I think, quite famously saying that. Don't even. Oh no, it was Corrin. He said that about, wasn't it?
3: the um the one fight do, yeah. you know. <laughs> so um left wing was very famous. I, I enjoyed watching him play every time he, he got on the pitch. Oh I liked mm-hmm. Brady. I like Brady. Yeah, he's just gonna Bournemouth, Bournemouth he? He. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's just gone to Bournemouth. And that's a that's a like for like step in for David Brooks, And you know, anybody listening from Bournemouth, mm-hmm. you know, Um mm-hmm. best of luck to David Brooks. Um, um Centre mid was Corey Evans and um, I might actually Paul McKenna it. you should have let me finish now. I was going to send you a father for anybody who, who gets that right <laughs> you can still
4: it
3: is, a I was, well, was going to guess as well because I actually liked Paul McKenna I like one of the four yeah, people yeah. who liked him so yeah Paul McKenna sent centre um, mid, and then up front was our very famous connection of Brian McQueen yeah Brian mm-hmm. McQueen um I don't think we played that way though Didn't we play like a 4-2-3-1 I'm sure we had um, Something like that When Bambi was in charge I think. It was like
1: 4 4 one I think it was more like Yeah, yeah. He played McLean just, just behind had
3: yeah. And then on the bench So we've got um, Just recently played against him Sonny Bradley mm-hmm. uh, Went on to have A fabulous career At Blackpool Mark Cullen um,
4: And <laughs> In the non league I
3: think so yeah um, Fulham legend
1: Thomas Kearney.
3: There he is. Mm. Um, just bagged an hat trick against Everton. Josh King. Oh, <laughs> oh, Josh King And mm. then currently, um, rated I think is eighty six on FIFA twenty two. Um, <laughs> playing for RB Leipzig. Uh, Galaxy. Galaxy Galaxy. on mm. the bench for us. He, he was, was honestly one of the worst goalkeepers
2: I've ever seen in the whole city. Share, I, I cannot believe the, believe the career you know, he's I'll had. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, and
2: it's, also, it's also weird hearing those players and thinking, How the hell was Tom Kearney not in above the likes of Paul McKenna? And why was well, you know what I mean? I don't think <laughs> he would
1: ever become the player he has if he hadn't
2: left. No, probably not. He was I'm in gonna for a spike ball, I'm
3: going to bring that in for the future podcast, boys, um, in terms of bringing a. A formation in from one of the last times we played him and bring a bit of nostalgia back. So, I'll I'll do that. Um, on me, guys, it's 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 been a another great podcast. Um, thank you very much for anybody who's tuned in, listened. It's been a bit of a long one, but thank you very much for your patience and perseverance. We've I have I, I thoroughly enjoyed making this one. I hope the rest of you guys have done too as well. So, from me, it's a massive thank you and goodbye. And I'm sure it's the same for everybody else. All right.